Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. I'm sitting in like the epicenter of the condo right now. Yes, I know. I can see, I every can see room the glass the with the reflection. So if he walks by, I'll yeah. be able to see him. Hi, Mark. Don't look at the undone dishes in this general area. Honey, my place is a disaster <laughs> right now because it's been insane in my house too. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Allie, is Allie now in London? Yeah. She left last week. Um, oh my gosh. She flew away. It's very sad, but I'm ex- super excited for her. Like to be 21 years old, single, living in London, in England. Ready to mingle. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm be like, oh, yeah. oh, girl, have a good London time. London is incredible. She's going to have such an amazing time. Yes. Yes. Oh she went, gosh. she was there. She left Sunday, Monday, whatever. So on Friday, Thursday of last week, she was there like less than a week. She went to London. She had bought tickets for a concert when she was still here in Canada. Okay. Got on a train, traveled to London by herself on a train for an hour and a half and went to a concert at a venue alone. Uh, met people at the concert, met a bunch of girls, partied with them. Like, I'm like, she's fine. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. She is more than fine. She'll be good. <laughs> she is so, I'm so proud of she's how brave. Good for her. She's so brave, man. Oh my God. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. I'm super proud of her. Uh, she's so brave. And I'm just like, when she left, I was like, I was a blubbering idiot, you know, at the airport. Oh my gosh. Stuff. Of course. I well, she'll like, be back soon. Hopefully, hopefully she doesn't well, decide to move there. <laughs> right. But like, she's not coming home for Thanksgiving or anything. So yeah, especially with COVID, it's hard to travel. Not just that, it's like and the price is insane. So expensive to go back and forth like yeah. that. And she thinks she'll be home for Christmas, but I'm kind of like, no, yeah, you know, stay there, have fun, travel, go to Europe, man. Come on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the number of places she can travel for is so cheap. Exactly. A couple of years ago, my friend and I we went to visit our good friend who was living in London at the time. We were like, when are we going to get an opportunity like this? We got to go. But we were like, we can't take a lot of time off work. We'll go for five days, like in total. <laughs> That's not enough time. Brittany. With travel. Oh, awful. By the last day, we were so exhausted. We missed our flight to get home. Oh, my God. So our $450 round trip flight, because it, we got a Black Friday deal. Yeah. Turned into, we both, we had to both get back for work. So we couldn't just take the next plane. Awful. So we paid two thousand dollars oh each God. for a ticket. Oh my <laughs> God, that's a travesty. Oh God, our husbands to this day make fun of us. Of course. Well, listen, I haven't missed a lot of planes. I've missed one, and that was a domestic flight, so it's not so bad. Okay, they had to give us a free flight because my passport was on the plane. They took off with my passport. So they all oh, started no. freaking out. And I was like, well, we were literally eating. We were in Montreal. It was a quick stopover from Toronto to the Maritimes. Okay. So we, were, we said, oh, okay. It's an hour. We'll go have breakfast. We'll come back. There's a restaurant literally next door to the gate. 
Okay. And I did not hear the announcement that they were boarding. They literally boarded the plane early. They, they were taxiing away. I was like, wait a minute, this flight isn't even supposed to leave. Yeah. Cause they are so lackadaisical. Like they're, they've done this flight so many times. They were just like, kind of whatever. They didn't bother seeing if everybody was there. Yeah. I was like, come on anyway. And I was like, my passport's on the plane. And they started freaking out. Anyway, I could tell that story. We ended up having to wait for another plane and there was all these delays because of weather. Oh my gosh. Cause it was like really late, like December. I don't even know what time of year it was winter anyway. And yeah. winter in the Maritimes with flying, it's pain in the ass because all these flights get grounded. Yeah. So, yeah. I could see that. But that's the only yeah. one I've ever missed. I've never missed one from overseas. Still, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> this is the only one I've ever missed. And it was similar in the sense that they boarded early. <sighs> so they actually, but the first part was different. So they had a time set. Yeah. And then they moved it so that it was like three hours later. And we were like, oh, thank God. Like, we can sleep in. We slept in. We, like, get into the taxi. And it's like, the flight has been moved. But, like, they had moved it back two hours. Oh, my God. So we were like, um, yeah, we're never going to Whose fault is that, right? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we did. We, we were cutting it close to begin with. <laughs> but it's Admittedly. Admittedly. Admittedly, it may have been a little bit our fault, but it's not our fault. Bit. Well, first of all, don't go to London for five days. Either you do it for no. three or three days, yeah. or you do it for two weeks. You know what At I mean? At least, yeah. No, five days is not enough. And we also went to Paris in between. Oh my I god. I fell asleep in a cafe. I think that the like yeah. I my friend but went hey, to the washroom went to Paris, like he came man, back. Who cares? It was awesome, but like the server at the at the coffee shop asked my friend, like, is your friend okay? I think he thought like I was like drunk or something because I'm <laughs> laying there like, oh <laughs> what a sight. What a sight. Oh, it was great. I look like a mess, I'm sure. Because oh I was just God. I was completely exhausted. I was so happy to be there, but like dead. Yeah, I don't anyway. know how you prep for something like that. It's crazy. No. You uh, drink a lot of monster energy drinks, I think. I should have done that. Gross. <laughs> oh, this is not an stomach. ad for monster energy. What a mess. What a mess. <laughs> All right. On that note, welcome everyone to oh, what is it? Episode nine of Squintcast. Squintcast. I'm Kelly. <laughs> I'm Brittany. As she is, that's Brittany. Hi. <laughs> Hi. And today we're going to be talking about an episode of Bones that I'm really excited to talk to you about this episode. It's going to be interesting, I think. This may be my favorite episode so far of the Ooh. ones we've talked about. There are a lot of good things in it, for sure. And a lot of very, like, as usual, like, cringeworthy, terrible things. So cringeworthy Angela moments, classic Angela <laughs> moments that we can be mad about together. A hundred percent. What are we talking oh, about today, Brittany? We are talking about the man in the fallout shelter, a, yes. the first Bones Christmas episode. Oh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's not quite Christmas. 
here, but we're getting there. The leaves are mm. starting to change. <laughs> yes. Who knows when this episode will be out? True. That may be around Christmas. Could be around Christmas. <laughs> Who knows? Well, we got started on December 23rd uh-huh. of some year at 6 p.m. <laughs> and Angela yes. is dressed as an elf. And she is chasing after Brennan and bothering her, trying to convince her to go to this Christmas party oh at the Jeffersonian. God. Apparently, there's another floor above them. New news to me. Excellent. Where is this party happening? This is what I want to know. I feel like it's I'm sort very of curious. I feel it's adjacent to them rather than up or down because, you know, they have that huge maybe. mezzanine. So I think maybe it goes out towards where the actual museum part is true oh actually that would be really nice have you ever been to like friday night at the rom no but i was thinking how cool it would be to put like santa hats on dinosaur bones and stuff oh my gosh like a t-rex with with santa hat (laughs) exactly (laughs) where do you hang the mistletoe though (laughs) oh yes dinosaur tails i don't know (laughs) that'd be fun though because you could dress them up like at halloween too Oh, yeah. Oh, Halloween uh-huh. could it be even better. It'd be like Night at the Museum. Anyway, sorry. I got us off topic, but. No, it's your, that is your forte, my darling. <laughs> the point is, is that apparently Angela needs a babysitter because she can't be trusted at parties where there's a photocopier <laughs> because last year at the Christmas party, she photocopied her butt. She did. Which is like such an old thing. <laughs> It's very concerning for a who a lady I think is maybe 35 years old I mean, to be doing that a, at work. Well, it's a classic joke, right? From like the it 70s is. and 80s that people used to photocopy their butts. But I just, it just doesn't seem like something Angela would do. I don't know. It's no. weird, right? It's weird. It's it's definitely off character, but at the same time on character because she yeah. doesn't take her job seriously. So yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. One hundred percent. So it's fine. But fortunately, mm. Brennan is saved by Booth. Yes, he walks in with a suitcase, giving Brennan a Christmas present that she doesn't even know is coming. Yeah, this is a Christmas present that Brennan wanted. She didn't want to go to the party. Any excuse not to go. And I just wanted to mention here that Angela's going on in the scene about trying to get Brennan to go to the party, hold her hand, don't let her photocopy her bot. But she calls Brennan her best friend in the whole wide world. So we're still on yeah. this side. My most favorite, my most bestest friend. Regardless, yes, Booth has a very big yeah, I initially thought it was a briefcase, but you're right. It is a suitcase, isn't it? It does. It, I thought it was a briefcase too, but then when I watched it for a second time, I was like, this is a little bit bigger than a briefcase. Yes, it is. But it could be. I think, anyway, suitcase, briefcase. He brings it in. He gets permission from Brennan to, well, he basically comes in being like, I have a little Christmas gift for you. I have a case for you to work on. And she's like, ooh, anything to get away from Angela. So then he whistles these two FBI guys in. Or were they waiting around the corner? I don't know, but it's like he, he tells her the back, the context of the brief suitcase saying, oh, they found all this stuff in this weird fallout shelter. They found yeah. like there were these remains. They found the suitcase. And, and she's like, OK, well, bring me the bones then. And she doesn't understand that he has the bones there at the ready. 
Like he's They're ready waiting to go. around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they end up with a case of this guy who was found in a fallout shelter. She determines without looking at anything that it's not a suicide. Well, let's talk about the photograph that she has shown yes. of the remains. This is the One most photo. hilarious picture I've <laughs> ever seen of a skeleton in my life. It's like out of a cartoon. You know that this whole episode is going to be pretty much on this level of hilarity that, I mean, they do try to go for a lot of sentimentality as well, but it's also like this sort of funny, ha ha ha. This picture is the skeleton. He's got a hat on and a suit and he's holding a gun. Anyway, it's got a little tuft of hair. It's so funny. This picture. (laughs) I couldn't get over it. It's like a cartoon. Anyway. Oh, it was great. It was great. (laughs) She's literally from this one. Go on. Yeah, no, just from this one like cartoonish photo. She's like, not not a suicide. Right. This this is a murder. <laughs> right. And I'm with Brennan because Booth says, oh, he's got the gun in his hand. He has a hole in his head. But yeah, and then Brennan's like, yeah, but who shoots themselves and then puts their hand against, you know, like lays their hand yeah. against their chest like they're all at peace and everything. So, yes, doesn't Wait. make sense. We end up with the bones. We completely skipped over. <laughs> did we? Yes. What do we skip over? No, Booth greeted Angela when he saw her coming. Oh in. my god, he's like, "Oh, what are you?" He looks at her like, "Oh, oh, what are you, an elf?" He's all like, "Ooh, so sexy." I was like, "She's obviously an elf." Like, there's, there's, it's not like she's a ghost or something. Like, but she's like, not it's even- not, it's not the Halloween costume. She's clearly an elf. Exactly, and she's not even dressed that seductively or anything she's no. just wearing elf stuff you know yeah it's like a very typical elf costume she's covered up all the bits everything's and, uh, fine i know well most of her bits i mean her skirt her her shirt's a little it was a little short sure it was a little low cut well the but, skirt yeah. i don't think it was a skirt i think it was a shirt with a belt around it over tights oh. she's wearing another belt over her shirt what she's doing that's what it is okay you're right regardless regardless um so angela's mad about this whole thing boost presented to brennan because now she won't get brennan to come with her to this party that's exactly. apparently happening so then brennan delegates the babysitting job to booth and says um take angela to this party for me and watch over her so she doesn't photo uh, photocopy your butt <laughs> <laughs> and this is was weird because from one minute booth is all like "Ooh, angela you look so sexy kind of uh, attitude and then he wants to get out of going to the party with her why because he has very important things to do yeah but two seconds ago Christmas he's shopping. looking at her up and down going "Ooh la la and then he's like i don't want to go to the party with you because he has some christmas shopping to do Yes. Maybe for a special someone. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. What happens next? Yeah. So unfortunately for Angela, Brennan doesn't go to the party. And instead we cut to Hodgins and Zach watching a small robot that presumably Zach has created. 
Yes. And he's yelling voice commands at it. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to do a somersault, even though he's saying stop. And Hodgins is just laughing hysterically, making fun of him because he's like, obviously these voice commands don't work. And he tells him that, oh, I wrote this down. He basically is like, you know what? This robot actually reminds me of you. You tell it to turn, it stops. You tell it to stop, it turns. You ask it to take out the garbage. It watches reruns of Firefly. (laughs) Do you know what Firefly is? Yes, obviously. Good. We have talked about this because we talked about Nathan, right? Nathan Fillion. Yes, I love Nathan Fillion. Big fan. Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting that he mentioned Firefly. I noticed that too, because he was yeah. basically criticizing Zach's robot for being defiant, just like Zach is. And exactly. Uh, I'm like, oh, what's but with the Firefly reference? That's interesting. He had put all this effort into creating this awesome robot and it's not listening to him. And I feel so bad for him. But anyway, it's they, they want to ultimately this is kind of like a filler scene. Yeah. They're kind of just <laughs> looking at this robot. <laughs> He is so They're going, dumb. oh, you know what we should do? You know what would be really cool? Yeah. Because we're in high school. Mm. We should dump this pure alcohol into this half liter beaker <laughs> and put it into the eggnog. And then it will be the best Christmas party in history. Hodgins is acting like a teenager. Exactly. He has like this. Is it a still? Like, did he make a still to make alcohol? I, it looks like it. Like they have <laughs> literally half a liter of pure alcohol. Like, oh my god doesn't that make you, i think that that would make you blind i don't know man but hodgins is all about spiking the eggnog with it so i thought that was yeah. i thought they were like uh laurel and hardy or something they were like acting like dumb and dumber over there <laughs> and um what was the what happens next what happens with brennan we just in the next scene basically we cut to Bre- brennan this is another this is very common of uh bones or the, the show. It seems like there's often at least one scene where nothing actually is said. There's just, it's a, it's an entire scene of us watching um, Brennan or some other character look over a set of bones. Right. So this was our scene. Right. So, so Brennan like is examining. It's a meanwhile yeah. scene. Exactly. A meanwhile, a meanwhile scene. Yeah. yeah. So while Zach so, and Hodgins are messing around with alcohol, meanwhile... Brennan's Meanwhile, Brennan's taking skeleton. her job seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's looking at this skeleton and this skeleton looks exactly like the picture. We have uh, this guy with a hat and a little tuft of hair and oh my god, the long fingernails. And I just love this skeleton. He's the best. He is the best. He's like a heartwarming skeleton. <laughs> so much fun, the skeleton. So that's a super, super short scene. And then we end yep. up looking back at, we end up back with Zach and Hodgins. Um, they're basically, it seems like some time has passed is now Zach is examining the skeleton. Yeah. Apparently they've gone from wearing their casual Friday outfits to Zach wearing his lab coat doing something. Yeah. I think that the idea is that although Hodgins isn't really taking no. things so seriously. No. But Zach is trying to follow lab protocol because now he has this this skeleton in there with him. And Does he though? Is that where he has the skeleton? Because yes, yeah, I think so. Is Hodgins is trying to get him to drink the eggnog, and Zach is like, "I'm trying to work. Like, I don't have right. time to, like, I can't be drinking from your 
eggnog while I work. Right. Um, but basically Hodgins is not being productive while Zach is working because he's really just trying to hide from this crystal lady in accounting. Yeah, Hodgins is all scared of this lady who's apparently coming on to him, but he's like he's cracking me up today the hodgins with his drinking i knew he'd grow on you i knew oh, it. no honey he loses <laughs> me halfway through don't worry regardless the next scene uh we I'm see brennan bad. pull out <laughs> listen he lost me this episode uh, listen we'll talk about it but anyway brennan pulls out some paper from the skeleton's jacket and booth shows up to ask her how it's going and she's like, why aren't you, why are you at the party? He's like, oh, it's like a Star Wars convention over there because they're all a bunch of nerds. And I just want to clarify, okay, guys? Nerds, there are many different types of nerds, okay? Yes. I am a nerd on a different Same. level. You're a, you're a math, you're a numbers nerd, I think. I'm also a Trekkie, so, you know. You're a Trekkie <laughs> and you're kind of like a like a band person too aren't you you're like yes a a little bit i'm a nerd in a couple ways yeah well (laughs) me too i'm a nerd i'm also a truckie i'm also sorry i love it yeah i'm a truckie for sure listen i used to stay up till midnight on cbc television in the maritimes my boyfriend and i would make popcorn we'd have snacks we'd watch the og star trek it was on at midnight every night on cbc And then I was a huge next generation person, like massive. And I got into deep space nine, like last year. Anyway, regardless, I'm a Trekkie. I also, am a big nerd about comedy. And also like you asked me anything about directors, writers, actors, people like movies and stuff like that. I've been a movie nerd all my life. You know what I mean? I love it. So I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not, when I've said nerds in the past, I was worried about people taking that personally or an, as an offense, but like, I'm a nerd too. So, I mean, whatever. So Booth, on the other hand, is not a nerd and he didn't want to be at the party with all the nerds, which yes. is why he came back to see what Brennan was up to. What'd she find? Although this Although episode, what? he doesn't talk about maybe his nerd quality the thing that he is passionate about is sniping. And we don't hear about it at all in this episode. <laughs> Not one mention on a Christmas Not episode once. of all I things. I know. How could they? <laughs> you withhold that gift of referencing his sniping past. Anyway, We find out way too much about him. and Not way too much. We find out way m- so much more about him in this episode. So I know. I know. That's I okay. Know I'll forget that him. we found this out today. But anyway. What did Brennan, what's Brennan talking about here? So Brennan is pulling out a bullet, trying to show Booth a bullet that she found in his, um, in the victim's skull. Hmm. Before that, she's pulling out paper, which you had already mentioned that there were two tickets, um, two tickets to Paris, one way tickets. Um, He has this bullet in his skull that was from a 22, it was a 22 caliber bullet right which apparently was the same as the gun he was holding yeah i don't know how that works i mean the i don't know either i grew up with i had a 22 rifle that was long had a long barrel and had a big kickback and it was like a kid's gun with yeah two kind of buckshot but anyway go on yeah i I'm, i don't know how that works but somehow <laughs> they know that it's a 22 caliber pistol 
that shot it. But yeah. they we find out something interesting about Brennan, and that is that even though she has this additional evidence, which is the suitcase, she hasn't actually opened it yet because she doesn't want to be by or fall into any sort of bias about this person, about this victim mm-hmm. from the the contents of the suitcase. She wants to do her complete observation, take her complete observations. Yeah. Um, come up with a picture of who this person is. And yeah. basically she doesn't want to compromise her objectivity by looking at any additional evidence. Which I love. So, I, like I love that because I thought that was cool. Her- well, yeah, it's like an unbiased opinion and it gives her more integrity. Like it gives you, I guess, the science more integrity if you're not exactly on additional kind of circumstantial, not even circumstantial, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. other types of influence. Exactly. Yeah. And well, she's, really- she's doing her job. While, she, while she's doing her job, something funny happens. And what is that, Kelly? <laughs> this is why I thought it was funny the way Hodgins. So Hodgins and Zach are in the mezzanine area, like above the lab. And Hodgins has this big jug of pure alcohol and he's running across the <laughs> what's that called? Like a path. Yeah. Going to the, the catwalk or whatever. The catwalk. And then Zach's behind him and they're running. And Brennan's like, whoa, what do you got there? Do you have that? Do you have alcohol with you? Do you know what happened? Do you remember what happened the last time you did that? And then uh, Zach like can't lie to her, and he's like, "Yes, it's alcohol." Like he totally gives up the ghost. Uh, and Zach, you like, caught us. <laughs> and Zach or uh, Hodgins, he's like, "Oh man, we gotta rethink our plan." Hodgins, I love how kind of half in the bag he is already. It's really quite oh yeah, <laughs> he's already gotten into the eggnog. I know. He's been hiding from Crystal and accounting, throwing these eggnogs back. <laughs> and yeah, so basically Brennan's being a super Scrooge. Like she's, this is all her being very Scroogey and Grinchy the whole time, yes. right? So she's like, you can't have any fun, you know? She's like, stop having fun. Put that away. You need to do this. She's bossing them around and telling them they have to help her with this case. So what she hasn't she- seen the, well, she hasn't seen the ghosts of Christmas past yet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think she ever will. But regardless, no. Well, basically, she starts telling them, "You got to do this. You got to do that." Mm-hmm. Angela is like, "What the hell? Yeah, what is going on? Yeah. Why are we working? Mm-hmm. I need to kiss everyone under the mistletoe." Oh my god! Including Booth, starting oh with Booth, god. then Zachar Hodgins. Doesn't matter the order. And you know what? In a non-lesbian way, I'm going to also kiss you, Bones. And they're like, are you okay? (laughs) No, she's putting the kibosh or kibosh on this whole her being a Scrooge and saying you have to go to this party. So I think she convinces everybody to stop what they're doing and go to the party with her. And she uses her kissing them as an incentive. Yes. Of course, the whole extra quality, like through my 2021 lens, right? So yes. uh, Angela's like, well, I'm not a lesbian, man. Like no homo, you know, like she's no, like, weird, exactly, like she's, you know, today you could just say, I'll even kiss you, Brennan. Like she didn't have to qualify it by saying, but I'm exactly. <laughs> but this was filmed in 2013. So I feel like, is it really? We didn't have the same. Yeah, I think so. What? Oh, wait, no. 2003. No. 
2003. Yeah. I was going to say. I added 10 years, but this was filmed in 2003. <laughs> Let's try yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. We're saying things like no homo were unfortunately commonplace. So we're much so, more accepting and inclusive now. Oh, yeah. I we love it. We can kiss girls. It's fine. So, yes, I think she convinces them to go for a bit. I think so. They start walking toward her. So it seems to indicate that they're going there. I think because given how kind of drunk everybody is after this, I think it indicates I think you're right. at the party. <laughs> I wonder if they got kissed. Oh, they don't talk about it. It's unfortunate. They don't. But instead, the most important thing that starts this whole episode really happens yes. in our next scene yes what and happens? that is zach and hodgins are doing some analysis on the body trying to get some core samples zach is obviously following protocol yes hodgins is drinking of course <laughs> not following protocol he's and over it he's oops. ready to party we got a biological contamination. Oh, my God. This dust starts flying everywhere. Hodgins takes off his mask, drinks his eggnog, inhales a bunch of spores. It all goes through the ventilation system, and it sets off an alarm. And then they get in the shower together. <laughs> this is so <laughs> funny, but we don't know that right away. No. We find that out later because everybody's like, what the hell's going on? And this is a huge biological contamination. They had to shut down the whole place to make sure it doesn't go anywhere. I just love that everyone's drunk. I just love it. I love everyone. I love that drunk. everyone's drunk. <laughs> I love that Goodman is in this episode. Oh. 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 <laughs> It's a win. Yeah. I so also like. Go on. Sorry, you go. No, I just thought it was funny because this is when we find out there's a biological contaminant and they're like, what the hell's going on? And then Zach and Hodgins come out and they're both wet and they're wearing towels. And okay. <laughs> Hodgins. I wonder if we have the same thing to say. Hodgins is like a playgirl model. He's got his like, he's in very good shape. Okay. He's really extremely good shape. Good shape. Yeah, I did no, not expect that. His body is like insane. And he's got these, this towel on, but it's like a playgirl model. So he's got it like a little bit below the hip, like on one side. So it's like, got to show that V off. It's got to show off that V. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Zach, skinny tall pasty white boy he's all covered up in towels because you know a little bit more self-conscious than our friend uh, Hodgins <laughs> there anyway I thought that was really funny how playgirl he was so oh, we the, wrote next the same thing down too. the next scene is funny too what happens well what I thought was interesting about this I guess it's sort of within the same scene yes but I thought it was kind of funny because Booth is like the doors are sliding shut. This is right before we see them naked. Yes. Not naked in a towel. Right. But like Booth is rushing toward the door. And Angela doesn't seem so worried about the fact that they're getting locked in there. She's on another planet this whole time. <laughs> oh boy. Well, anyway, so we we end up in a little video conference even though it's 2003 and not 2021 which is kind of odd because COVID. I know, right? anyway 
we'll face we end up with exactly it's like we're it's like it's filmed in 2021 we end up with this uh santa guy dressed in a santa costume who is some official at the jeffersonian and they yes. basically are telling him what happened and the santa named hal is like okay well you guys are idiots and because um hodgins wasn't following protocol the spores went into his lungs and now you guys all have valley fever potentially not valley fever yes not ideal so basically they end up figuring out that they're gonna have to stay there remember it is december 23rd at 6 p.m at the very beginning of this episode right at this point it's december 23rd sometime later than that yes tomorrow is christmas eve yes and they're gonna have to be there for an unknown amount of time until they're they basically have to follow quarantine so they have to be there for an unknown amount of time until they can determine if they actually have valley fever and apparently this is something that could be fatal yes so booth tells zach and hoggins <laughs> that if it's fatal he's gonna shoot both of them <laughs> I, know. I thought that was great it wouldn't be an episode of Bones if Booth doesn't threaten to kill Zach or Hodgins. I oh my god! It. He's like, if this is fatal, I'm going to shoot you both. I thought that was so funny. Oh, I thought yeah, it was awesome. Apparently, this Valley Fever is really nasty. It's some kind of fungal, a bacterial thing. Also, note I wrote it down. It's coccidiodomycosis. Yes. And yeah, then of course Goodman. Oh, Valley Fever. He knew immediately what it was. Goodman, such a smart man. <sighs> we love Goodman. Anyway, I thought that was Goodman. funny too. How Booth threatened to kill them, and this is where I admitted that Hodgins had a good body. And I said, okay. Um, I said one point Hodgins. Well, there's a comedian named Bill Burr. He has this thing where he talks about getting in shape, but there's a certain level of shape you want to be in. And Hodgins is in, is in what's called sit-down shape. So you can sit down in a chair. Oh. Your stomach doesn't go over your belt. So, like, you're, you're perfectly flat. <laughs> I definitely don't have that right now. I'm, like, no. eight months pregnant. <laughs> no. And Greg is always joking around. He's like, well, I'm not in sit-down shape yet. He keeps talking about being in sit-down shape. I just thought that, that is was awesome. Yeah, yeah, Hodgins is in sit-down shape. And, then, and we can think about it while the credits are going. Well, this is before Angela says she tells them to get dressed. She's like, put your clothes on. I don't She's need the to most see pervy that. person there next to Hodgins. And she like doesn't want them roaming around naked. I thought she'd be all like, oh, you could just stay like that all weekend, boys. It's you fine. just be naked. All good. Yeah. <laughs> and then we but have no. our intro. Dun, 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 dun. Not the song.
what do you think so far? What do I think so far? I love this episode. Okay, good. What do you think? I think it's very charming, except, well, okay, we'll get into it. But um, what happens? What? Where do we go to next? I, We end up back at the lab. I agree that it's charming. I love that this, we've now had two very deep, dark episodes before this. Right. I think that we needed a light one, especially a Christmas episode. Christmas episodes can't be, they should be a lighter episode. So yeah, we end up back looking at this skeleton, which now has a little quarantine dome on him. Mm-hmm. And Zach is talking to Brennan, um, talking about what he learned, basically. Um, shows that he, this skeleton, this, this guy carried yeah. a woman's wedding band with him. He has the two tickets to Paris, uh, Paris, a wedding band. They're starting to form a picture, which Zach is starting to form a picture. Brennan doesn't like to do that because she likes to look at the the evidence. Right. Um, but Zach is like, well, like, how can you not kind of think of a picture? This guy was wearing like this nice suit. He had tickets to Paris. He had a wedding band with him. He was wearing this like really awful looking toupee, but like was trying to be impressive. Right. Like it couldn't have looked good on him, but he obviously was trying to be like nice and charming. Yeah. He was identifying and um, yes. Yeah. uh, Brennan's very, like I said, super grinchy and scroogey the whole time, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah. He talked about the fillings in the, skeleton's mouth being from the 40s because they were made of yeah. a specific type of resin or something yeah yeah i just think that stuff's really cool like little it is cool it's yes. also i i find it interesting so they also noted that he had a childhood tibia break so right. he definitely walked with a limp when he was older right but the fact that you can tell that from no. a body why is from the skeleton I wonder what they'll tell about mine when I'm murdered. Same. I wonder <laughs> if they'll be able to tell that I hit my head when I was in grade two and Ooh, cracked my head open. Oh, no. And you're not a serial Maybe. killer? What's going on? I know, on? right? Not yet. <laughs> da, da. You had a head injury and you know you're not a serial killer. <laughs> Missing your oh, calling, wait. Britt. <laughs> Where are we now? We're, we're still at the lab? Oh, honey, we're at the lab the whole time. This is the thing about this episode. <laughs> Okay, so the next scene we have Hal, our uh, Jeffersonian science expert dude, and he has to give them a bunch of medication to help thwart any of this uh, valley fever from uh, coming on to people. So he gives them a bunch of antifungal medication. I wrote them all down and I looked them all up and they're all antifungal. (laughs) So there's nothing really special about them except... Uh, what do we got? We have Ampotericin B. We have Ketoconazole, Flucosinol, Itraconazole. And they find out that they're all stuck together at the lab over Christmas. Yay. And they're all upset at each other. Like, they, Booth is so mad. He's wearing adorable boxer shorts as he gets his first injection. And uh, they're all blaming each other, right? Like it's everybody else's fault, you know, that they're here and this happened. And oh my God, you did this, you did that. It was just like schoolyard business here. It's it's kind of interesting though, because you find out what they were supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like Hodgins was supposed to be in Quebec. Apparently Brennan, although she wasn't allowed to, wanted to go to Niger. 
Right. And Goodman was like, okay, you're blaming me for that. Give me a break. <laughs> and anyway, just like some, some of the stuff that they say is just petty, but some of it is like, oh, that's an interesting place that you were supposed to go. Sorry, yes. Zach, that you weren't going to be with your family. Right. His brood that he was supposed to spend his, his Christmas brood. holiday with. Um, <laughs> but the way Hodgin says Quebec, I, I couldn't stand the way he said it. I don't oh, know why. I was just driving. Yeah. This is where the decline of Hodgins starts now. <laughs> scene, mark it down. Scene nine of 32. <laughs> oh, boy. But you're right. Yeah. They're all kind of just like going after each other. They are supposed to potentially, they're basically told, okay, we're, you're going to get these sleeping bags. That's where you're going to find a place to sleep. You have to stay in the lab. We gave you this medication. There could be some side effects. Right. You could have euphoria, dream state, mild hallucinations, nausea, fever, insomnia, whatever. And um, yeah, Booth apparently is high as a kite. Immediately. Immediately high. So Immediately funny. hallucinating. And everyone's jealous because Booth's having the best time. And he's just like, wow, look at that. He's all freaking out about everything. And Angela's basically acting like this whole thing is a joke. And she's like, whatever, no problem. Like, not even bothered by any of it. Yeah, it doesn't seem to care that she's stuck in the lab. Well, uh, again. She's weird. (laughs) What does Angela do, right? (laughs) Excellent question. Well, we finally end up in a situation where we see them, basically, we find out that Zach and Hodgins, even though they should hate each other and they do hate each other, they're frenemies, right? Yeah, totally. So they're sleeping together in the same room. They have their sleeping bags ready to go. They're laying in opposite directions on these two tables in the autopsy room. They're on autopsy tables. Very comfy. (laughs) Hodgins is complaining about how he's going to get massaged in Quebec. Yes. And Zach was, is complaining that he was going to go to Michigan and see his 40 person family. Like, holy smokes, how many people are in that family? Well, it's like having Christmas with Greg's family. Oh, true. Yeah. They do have a lot of people. <laughs> we have on Christmas lunch, it's 40 people. It's 40. Oh, people. my God. Okay. Yeah. So this is the same. It's the same thing. Zach's family. It's the same. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. go cut down a 12-foot Christmas tree in the middle of Michigan? It's insane. <laughs> well, no, we don't go that far, but. <clears throat> still, huge family. Yeah, and I'm still hating the way Hodgins is saying Quebec. Um, the next, oh, so yeah. we have these little moments, right, where everybody's paired up. Hodgins Tell me. What? Yeah, sorry, you go. Tell you what. Tell me about Goodman and Boo. Oh, our favorite boys together. I'm dying. This is my favorite scene. They're having like this little sleepover. It's adorable. Hot, um, Booth is in and out of lucid lucidity I think, yes. in this scene. So we have a moment with Booth and Goodman. They're in a room. They're lying quite close together. I'll just say Extremely. In their sleeping bags. Booth is wearing this tank top that makes him look like a character from raging bull or something like that but he's wearing his tank top and they're talking about um well booth is still kind of hallucinating like in and out of it but goodman's all about christmas he's like the spirit of christmas in his house we learn 
that Goodman has two twin daughters who are five years old. I thought Goodman was older or something. I had this idea in my head that he was like his kids were grown and but I guess I did too not that old when you it's hard to tell I feel like between the ages of like 30 ish and 50 ish listen baby, some people age pretty well and you can't really tell we've talked about this okay yeah like I'm sorry but that man he's never gonna age he's always gonna look beautiful I tell you his accent is great too when he says you are stoned agent booth I'm like oh (laughs) Say it again. <laughs> he was laughing at Booth because Booth kept asking him over and over again, like, what are those shiny lights up in the he's like he would have this conversation with him. So Goodman shows Booth pick a picture of his family. The picture was dumb, like Goodman looked terrible, but whatever. <laughs> and then we find out in the scene that Booth has a son. Booth has a kid. I feel like we need like a mic drop. I know. For, like some like huge. Yes. <laughs> I just dropped my mic. Dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. But like, what? There wow. has been no indication wow. at all like, that no, he is a child. No, nothing. Like He's four. He's four years nothing. old. I know. Oh my God. Crazy. What? Crazy. Crazy. His name is Parker. Yes. And apparently the woman who is his mother did not want to marry him. So they have very weird sort of co-parenting agreements. Like there's no real, there's nothing written in stone, which I'm just going to say right now, as a person who's dealing with a person who is dealing with a person whose parental agreements in separation were not written in stone, uh, yeah, you better put that shit in writing booth or you're going to get screwed. I'm just going to tell him that right now. Oh, yeah. Like even Goodman kind of tries to say is he's basically like my parental rights are totally and he's kind of trying to think of like a good word for it. And Goodman tries to finish the sentence like, oh, they're vague. And he's like, yeah. uh, that's a little bit more Christmassy than I would have used that word. Yeah. It doesn't sound like Booth gets to see his kid very much, which obviously not. We've never seen him before. Yeah. Well, fortunately, Booth is so high that he kind of forgets about it for a little bit. Yeah. And he goes back to looking at the lights on the ceiling. Yeah, he starts talking about the lights on the ceiling again. And I just he'll be okay. Booth's tank top is killing me. I just couldn't get over it. I called it something else in my notes, and then I took that back because it's very politically incorrect for me to say it but you know what i'm talking about it's a white tank top it's a white tank top that's all i'm gonna say it is do you think that booth is seated fit as well what's the wording again oh uh sit he's he's definitely sit down down shape yes he's in sit down shape or one step further washboard ab shape i don't know at this point I'm just assuming underneath there is like a 12 pack and not a beer. Yeah, it's possible, but we haven't seen him without his shirt on yet in the show. That's true. Like we have to watch a couple episodes of Buffy (laughs) in Buffy. He has got, he is buff sit down shape for sure. What's the buff in Buffy? Yeah. (laughs) 
Listen, we're just going to have to have him on our show and ask him. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Great idea. What's our next touching moment here? Come on. Okay. So we've, we've seen Hodgins and, and Zach. Yes. We've now seen Goodman and Booth. Yes. And you might assume that the bestest friends in the entire world, Brennan and Angela are sleeping in the same room and they are in another office and basically Angela's kind of like we're the women here like we need to decorate we need to make Christmas and yeah Brennan is not feeling it and we get kind of sorry yeah no I just said fuck Angela in this moment (laughs) yeah 100% but also this is kind of a sad moment for Brennan because she's basically Angela's like trying to paint this picture which never works no one why does no one ever realize that painting a picture with with Brennan doesn't work right so she tries to paint this picture to kind of make her like feel like we gotta get in the Christmas spirit by saying like he had a cheap wedding ring sewn into his suit this victim he did he had two one-way tickets to paradise or paradise to Paris (laughs) paradise same thing Two tickets to paradise. Two anyway. <laughs> tickets to paradise. This is where I put the I'll put a clip of the song in. Please do. <laughs> so she's like, well, just think about it. Just think of this picture I'm painting. It's just so tragic. Like imagine how sad that girl must have been, just waiting and wondering, never knowing what happened to him. And she's right. and Brennan says, I don't have to imagine. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. we don't know what she's talking about. But that sounds so Do we sad. not know what she's talking about? Honestly, we have we an idea, but we, we've heard about it because her parents went missing. Yeah. We did not know about the timing, though, which in right. the next okay. scene, we find out that they had disappeared immediately before Christmas. Okay. So I think I think I don't think we had known the timing before, or at least I didn't remember but basically, this is when Brennan is like, you know what? I'm done with this sappy talk. Right. I'm going to go solve a murder. And she just gets out of her sleep. <laughs> I know. She's like, you know what I'm going to do? Like, for Christmas, I'm going to solve a murder. Which, you know what? Good for Brennan. That's what I say. 100%. Like, okay. Angela is supposed to be her best friend in the whole wide world. Right? Yeah. And I'm not sure. Anyway, we're going to talk about this after when they wake up the next day. But regardless, so Brennan, yeah, she abandons Angela and all of her fantasies. And yes. then, um, the next scene we have this. Okay. I want you to start talking about this scene because it's great. I love this scene. Okay. So we're back. It is now December 24th. It is Christmas Eve day, which Booth describes as, and I've never heard it this way before, but very exciting. Both an Eve and a day, a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Very astute, Boo. Thank you for that. But he, it's the way he does it. Like she's sitting there all serious, looking through a microscope, like trying to figure out this stuff. And then Booth just like pops up like a, like a, I don't know what, like a jack in the box with an elf hat on. <laughs> he's got something around his head. I thought it was his tie tied around his head. Like he's, at oh, maybe. Like, I thought it was an elf hat, but same thing. But yeah, and he's like, yay, it's Christmas Eve. He's all excited like a little kid. And she's like, well, you're still high. So I guess you're still enjoying your medication. 
She's and then so... he gets more serious because he's like, ugh. Okay. What are we but looking he, at? He's good though. Like he's he's not that serious. He kind of he's like a kid here. He did a really good job, I think, David, the actor, because he like he did. Over, he goes, what you doing? And he's like sitting next to her, like, who oh, what are you doing? Like he's being very curious. And then he starts telling her, like being straight up with her about how she's a Grinch and stuff. And he's like, stop hiding behind your science. And, you know, he, I guess they get into this sort of philosophical discussion about God. Yeah. Versus science. Yeah. I thought that that was kind of interesting. We know that Booth is religious. There have been other episodes where we've kind of, where it's been hinted or touched upon. Right. We know that Brennan is not. Right. So it's interesting that even though, I feel like he respects the fact that she's not religious, but doesn't understand it at the same time. Mm. So he's kind of like, maybe now would be a good time. Okay, you're kind of being a Grinch. Maybe now would be a good time for you to re-examine since, Chris- since it's Christmas. Yeah. Re-examine your standing with. And then he kind of, he points up and she's like, pilot? <laughs> no, Brennan. Obviously he's talking about God. She knows she's being mean. Like he points up there like he's trying to allude to the man upstairs and she's like what are you pointing at a helicopter pilot like she's being <clears throat> as much facetious as accepts, kind of yeah as much as he accepts her sciencey perspective she doesn't accept his religion's perspective no but he kind of makes a good point in that like there have been other cases where you have believed in the unknown or things that you can't see the right most the most recent example is there's this invisible fungus that could be attacking her lungs right now. This uh, fever. And you're willing to take drugs just in case you have this invisible fungus, but you're not right. willing to give the man upstairs the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So, so he's I just thought saying exactly. It was interesting. Well, he's like basically pointing out how much of a party pooper she is. And then... Again, he's talking to her literally inches from her face. Or even yeah, less. Always. Like centimeters from her face. They're always just about to kiss if the moment were right. Oh, you're so Or if funny. Angela came behind them and just smacked their faces together. Yeah. They're close enough. You are like the most wishful thinker at this point. <laughs> so early in the show and you're already on it. It's so funny. Oh, I'm dying. I'm like, I, I love Booth. I love Brennan. They belong together. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so eventually well, he get kind of, he doesn't give up, but he's kind of like, he leaves her with that thought. Yes. Like, okay, you know what? I respect you. I'm going to go be high somewhere else. I'm not even <laughs> sure that I am high, but I'm wearing this elf hat. I'm going to go enjoy my day. Happy yeah, Christmas Eve. She's cramping his, uh, his high. Like she's Goodbye. Uh... <laughs> What's that called when you, uh, what's that saying when you're, when somebody's high and you're ruining it for them? What's that, that called? You're... I can't remember. I used to be high all the time. What the hell is it? That anyway, you're... you know what I mean though, right? It's like, yes, you... but okay. We're one of us will yell it out in like 20 minutes. It'll be random for sure. For like, sure. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. You know what yes. I mean. Anyway, what happens next? Mellowing? No. 
No. Anyway, sorry. We end up uh, <laughs> on the lower level of the lab. Biz, we're still in the lab because they can't leave, remember? And Booth is trying to keep himself busy by doing some pull-ups. Oh, my Zach God. They're coming down the stairs. They're just chatting. Goodman's yeah. there. Angela's there. They have some breakfast. Angela has coffee. Mm-hmm. They're ready to start Christmas Eve. Man, somebody brought them a nice breakfast there. I was like, that's really nice. They brought them coffee. It is. I was like, wow, that's so nice. And Goodman even says some guy in a hazmat suit (laughs) brought them some (laughs) coffee. Yeah, but like, yeah, Hodgins Hodgins is is like mad at Zach because he won't shut up about how you die from this stupid valley fever. The whole uh, booth doing chin-ups is so funny to me. It is funny. It's so early in the morning too. Like go, yeah, at least have your coffee before like you do that. Some, like chill out. <laughs> so yeah. So the, basically they're just chatting over breakfast, kind of talking about how they should decorate the place and exchange gifts, do like a yes. secret Santa yes. kind of thing. We find out, although like you said, we may already know this, but it's more open now that Brennan's parents disappeared just before Christmas 215. Yes. So that's why she doesn't really love Secret Santa. Yes. Or Secret Santa. She doesn't really like Christmas. Doesn't like and Christmas. Then yeah. Doesn't like Christmas or Secret Santa. <laughs> yeah. She really doesn't like Secret Santa. <laughs> really doesn't like Secret Santa. And then we find out that they've never been in a, a situation where they had to draw names from a hat before. Like they try to figure out all these situations. Like there's these five geniuses in a room. And Booth just kind of starts to put names in a hat because he's like these friggin' ding dongs. But know, they're like, they're... oh, we could we could use a a random generator. We could uh, yes create like a system with like five numbers, and then I have them in my head, and then you guess them, and then somehow we guess them all, and everything will be fine. And it's like what? And Booth is just like, can you just pick your name? <laughs> I know they were just getting all sciency about the Secret Santa picking, and. Um... Just like rolling his eyes, like, look at these nerds. I find it hard to believe that Zach, who is from a family of 40 or whatever, has never done a secret Santa. Yeah. I can see why uh, Hodgins hasn't. But yeah, Booth had yeah. Solve the problem by just ripping up a piece of uh, paper. Is that Mark? I can hear him. He is. Sorry. He Don't is be sorry. Me. I had a snack before, but we ordered dinner. We have to do some grocery shopping. So he's just putting our dinner into the fridge. He ate what he had. Mark's like, hi. What'd you have for dinner? (laughs) Wave again, Mark. Can you see him? (laughs) Yes, I can. Tell him I'm waving back. There's sushi for dinner. (laughs) The sushi I can eat. The non-raw sushi. Oh, okay. Okay. But I'll eat it once we're done. You like sushi, We're on scene eh? 14 of 32. <laughs> Ooh, we better get going, girl. We gotta pick up the pace. No, Jesus I'm just kidding. Christ. Okay, so what next happens scene. next, though? We're, we're with Booth and Brennan. Yeah, so they have the rundown. So they're doing a lot of this in this episode where they're walking and talking along the gangway or the catwalk there. So Booth and Brennan hook up. He, they're talking about uh, details of the case. So they find out some details about the person who used to own the house where the fallout shelter was, where they found the skeleton. And they find out that this guy who owned the house was kind of a criminal, like a bit of a, an organized crime dude. And they built, you know, he built the house um, 
built in the 50s. They uh, built the fallout shelter in what? 58 is when they sealed the, he built the, the shelter in 51. Right. Sealed it in 58. Sealed it in 58 and he died in 83. Yeah. And then the Brendan starts talking about the victim and kind of how pathetic he is. Like he was, he walked with a limp. He had something wrong with his back and she found uh, some stuff in his coat pockets, a pen knife, a compass and some change. And yeah. then uh, this is where we get this bit where Booth tries to get some advice from Brennan about what he should give to Goodman, who he got as a secret Santa. And uh, Brennan freaks out like a Scroogey McScrooge. She's ridiculous. Yeah. And has to, at some point, use her anthropological speak to explain why gifts are bad. But also, why are he and Booth mad at each other? What happened? Remind me. I don't I don't know if they're even mad at each other. I think Brennan's just kind of in a bad mood. Is the, their last conversation was just about the religion thing. He left. Everything was fine. Oh, okay. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's kind of what set her off. But I think that really what set her off is the fact that she is not good with Christmas. And now she's stuck with these people who are so happy to celebrate Christmas and wish that they were home with their families. But you know what? They're making the best of it. And it's kind of being rubbed in her face like, it's Christmas. Remember yeah. the time that your parents disappeared? Yeah, very so odd. She's in a bad mood. So uh, Brennan wants Booth to go talk to Goodman about this thing that they found in one of his pockets, like a piece of paper or something. So yeah. the next scene we have like the Scooby-Doo gang all hanging out. So we got um, Hodge and Zach, Angela and Goodman. They're all like trying to figure out what kind of decorations they can muster up with all the shit they have lying around. And uh, it comes out in conversation. Basically, Goodman reveals to them that Booth has a kid and they yeah. all start freaking out. He's like, oh, that wasn't common knowledge. <laughs> He's like, oopsie. Uh, OK. Oopsie daisy. And then obviously this is information that needs to be like talked about in all sorts of different circumstances so we'll hear about this again in a future scene mm -hmm. but basically in the next scene booth takes bones advice and goes and talks to goodman because he is an archaeologist we find out well no which was, i think maybe we knew about before. it was booth he was in booth was in the bone room yeah looking at the evidence and then goodman walks in all sheepish because he feels bad about revealing his secret Oh, it's the opposite way around. Yeah. Yes, and then you're right. he says he offers to help Booth. And then Booth is confused. Like he was confused as to why Brennan asked him to ask Goodman's for Goodman's help. And then he's like, why, why would you be looking at evidence? You're just an administrator. But then yeah. Goodman reveals that he's actually an archaeologist. Which so, is kind of cool. And it makes sense that he would get the job there as the administrator because of his background as an archaeologist. Right. Super so cool. it is cool. And we get to actually see him in action a little bit. And we see him do what Brennan hates, but I love it. Yes. And that is paint a picture of this man just from looking at these, um, these artifacts. So we mm -hmm. find out things like, okay, no, he wasn't wealthy. He had well-used and mended clothes. 
He had some letters from a female. Yes. We find out it's female handwriting. And we discover that this, so first of all, we find out that from the letters that this gentleman's name is Lionel. Right. Um, we find out that the letters were written between 1957 and 1958. And that they're signed, the signature is a leaf. Um, some sort of foliage looks right. like a leaf. Um, we find out a lot of information just from the letters themselves, which mm-hmm. is really cool, actually. Yes. Um, and I think in this scene, do we find out that he decide he determines that she's African American from? No, that's later. That's later. Okay, sorry, I'm yeah, getting ahead of myself. Yeah, discuss it later. It's okay. We'll get there. Um, we get there. But what yeah, happens? So- Booth gets a phone call, right? Well, no, the next scene, we it's a quick scene between Hodgins and Brennan, another walking and talking scene on the catwalk. Yeah. Hodgins is basically talking about how much of a Grinch she is and then explains what who the Grinch is. Brennan pretending not knowing who the Grinch is. And then he explains to her very matter-of-factly without insulting her. Like, the Grinch is a very popular character. To, you know, he's created by Dr. Zeus. He's just very dismissive. But mostly he wants her advice on a secret Santa gift that he's thinking of giving to Angela. And then Brennan's like, yeah, I'm not the person to ask about this. Oh, and And, also Booth has a kid. And yeah, comes out in conversation with Brennan that Booth has a kid. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, how did I not know this? Right. And then he looks at her. It's so funny. He goes, "Uh, you didn't hear it from me. And he starts running away. (laughs) It's like they all want to share the info, but also like this this gossip because it's such big news but they just don't want to be caught yeah but also we get we at the very end of the last scene we got a little bit of a glimpse of how brutal his relationship is with his former girlfriend yeah his former baby mama or still baby mama yeah is he basically has to beg her to let his kid come and see him right and and somehow he's determined that Sid, his buddy that works at that bar, is going to be the person to bring him. Right. So, like, it, it can't even be her. Like, she doesn't even want to see him at all. Yeah. Which is, I'm, I'm like, who is this woman? Number one. Who is, right. who is Rebecca? Mm-hmm. Number two. What happened between these people that, like, he, she can't even see him? I wonder if we'll ever know, Brittany. I wonder. Da, 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 da. <laughs> anyway, but we find yeah. that out. So this poor guy is yeah. having this brutal experience and everyone around him is talking about how, oh, by the way, did you know that Booth has a kid? Yeah, well, <laughs> it is pretty hot goss. You have to. It is hot goss. I would definitely be in the same position. I'd be like, do you know that? Booth it's like, holy kid? shit. Let's like, if I told you I had a secret child, I'd be like, what yes. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, Mark. Did you His know that Kelly is a secret child? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tiki's the cutest. Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So he's like, it's very humbling because he's on the phone with her and he's like, don't make me beg to spend time with my child. Like I'm in a very difficult situation. I'm quarantined. Come on, you know? Yeah. And Goodman sees this and kind of sympathizes with him yeah. and like had has never seen this side of him, which is. I think a little bit humbling for Booth. Yeah. Um, but also gives them maybe a little bit of a different perspective of him because he does seem kind of like hot headed a little bit sometimes. 
Yeah, but I find it very interesting this episode where they all find out this thing about him and he's just very like, yeah, of course we found out all this shit. Like we're locked together in a room for two days. Yeah. Like he was just very accepting of the fact that they all knew because I mean, it's a reality, right? He's not going to deny it. He can't be all like, what are you talking about? You know, like they all know now. So the the cat's out of the bag. Exactly. Well, we still, we move on with Booth. Everyone else is still talking about the fact that Yes. He has a child. But Booth and Brennan now uh-huh. are chatting. Booth was on the phone um, looking into this suit, trying to see if the suit can provide some kind of clue um, as to who this guy Lionel was. Right. And they're lucky because the suit was actually made in town where they are. And the tailor shop actually still exists and they keep amazing records. It's actually owned by the grandson of the person who originally owned it now, which is, right. this is so cool. I, th- I thought is. that this, this scene was kind of cool and also good record keeping. Good job. Oh yes. You, the, the accountant in you is very proud. <laughs> the accountant of me, in me. Um, we learned that they start calling him careful Lionel because mm-hmm. he is always so they, they basically, he's, he, he seems so like frail meticulous. and meticulous. meticulous. Yeah. Meticulous. Mm-hmm. He has um it's like, yeah, I call him that because he's a little guy, he's a toupee, drank a vitamin tonic, carried his own compass. All of his stuff, just like just so. Yes. Anyway, but basically he's trying to tell tell her these like important facts about the case. Like, oh yeah, I think I figured out, I think I'm gonna be able to figure out Careful Lionel's last name. And she's like not even listening. And she's like, You have a son? <laughs> she's kind of mad at him like she's mad oh yeah he never told her and he's like yeah yeah i got a son and he's like whatever i have a son who cares he gets this call back from the tailor shop which i'll just say it is very believable it is believable that a tailor shop would still be in business there's lots of them all over the world that are still in yes years and years and it is interesting like because people who go to tailors their families go there. It's like it goes passed down from generation to generation, like the customers as well as the owners. It's really fascinating. So he finds out. It's really cool. Uh, that his name is Lionel Little. But then. Careful, Brennan, Lionel. <laughs> Brennan sneezes. So then da, 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 da. everybody's worried she's got the fever. This is like a COVID episode. I know. <laughs> Like if you sneeze or cough in public now, it's like, oh my god, I it's not COVID. She was I like, know, it's right? not valley fever. Okay, I have allergies. Relax. Exactly. You're very. Con- I'm very self conscious. Like if I have a cough, like if I'm <laughs> my throat's dry, yeah. I'm like, oh god, I can't do that in public, right? This it's time mostly- of year, I always have allergies, so I'm like sniffling and stuff, and I'm like, it's not COVID. It's, it's not COVID. so bad. I know. But the next scene is very important because they're all sitting in the bone room eating Chinese food. Is it from what's his faces? For what? sure from Sid's. I would think. I'm just assuming. I was so jealous. I was like, oh, I want to eat this food right now. Like I was dying yes. to have Chinese food. Honestly, this 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 scene or this episode, there's a lot of scenes where we have big groups together, which you don't get a lot of scenes like that. So this is kind of nice because they're all eating this food, laughing at the table. They're kind of they're enjoying like a social experience yeah. all together. It's really sweet. Yeah. 
It was nice. So they find they're out all- they're talking about the letters because they're all going yes. back to the case. So we go back and forth between the case and then this weird interaction that Booth's having with Brennan about religion. And anyway, it's very, I don't want to get too far into it, but the letters were determined that this woman uh, in the letters was pregnant at the time of writing them. Yep. And they also uh, discuss her handwriting. Now, I was a little bit, (laughs) I'll just say, Angela, oh my God. So uh, Goodman talks about the handwriting and how it was a mixture of block and cursive writing. And then Angela has to clarify that for the audience and say, oh, do you mean printing and writing? Like, she has to just like clarify what block and cursive writing are it's very obvious <laughs> i'm like we don't need this yeah so she's a little uh, bit dense sometimes yeah because goodman is the best he says basically he thinks that because of this she has a lower education than most white school children at the time had so they think that she's african-american because of this yeah which paints an even more interesting picture because now it makes it clearer why they were going to run off to Paris together and get married because in Paris a white man and a black woman married and living together in 1958 was a-okay right it was basically against the law at this it's illegal in DC and it was illegal in Oklahoma which is where they are exactly So, so It, but which is crazy thing, 1958 that's not even that long ago no, honey, that's unbelievable we don't, we don't want to get into this because no it's bad. it's bad i will get to my sushi tonight it's already <laughs> bad that uh they started speculating that maybe she was coming to the city to get an abortion and then angela yeah. gets all offended like oh we don't want to talk about that like she was being like yeah. rude about talking about abortion and i was like oh my god this is she's so crazy they hit actually yeah they hit a few topics and this very it's not even that long of a scene i know but it's unbelievable yeah they they hit off a couple like big ticket items i guess abortion mm-hmm. um interracial marriage mm-hmm. mixed race marriage and then what else hal comes no they talk visiting about, hours time um no, before that, then they oh. talk about the Christ myth. So Brennan keeps bringing oh, up the Christ, myth, yeah. the Christ myth and how, you know, she was comparing this woman who was unwed and pregnant to uh, Mother Mary, basically. To do with Christmas and Booth and how Booth has this passion for Christmas because, of, you know, obviously, you know, you had your child out of wedlock. She says this very... Oh my God. Flippant thing about him having a child out of wedlock. And it was yeah, just Yeah, oh, like, that must be why. It's like, I understand why you're sensitive because you had a child out of wedlock. Ah. And then everybody stops. They're like, what the? They're like, kind of awkward. Very Angela's awkward. like, sweetie. Like, you can't. Calls and her like, what? And Goodman is like, oh, yeah. So remember the block in cursive? <laughs> I know. I know. He would like changes the. Anyway, Goodman, what? yeah, that's where Goodman talks about the writing. I apologize. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. I, I just, I, I completely forgot. You're right. They hit abortion. They hurt. They hit interracial marriage. Yeah. They hit r- the religion. Yeah. Like, where's the political talk? 
they just gotta hit off another thing that like in this one small scene yeah because they've already what determined I... that lionel's white so obviously, yes yeah it's very they knew for sure he was caucasian yes so i then, love yeah. this scene for what zach says what does he say zach is zach is like i'm a rational empiricist all the way unless you talk to my mother then i'm lutheran yeah <laughs> oh that's right they went around the table and kind of talked about their individual sort of faith their yeah. relationship to faith and religion and everything like that and like it's another moment where they sort of get to know each other a bit more intimately so exactly which you know what this is a good table talk i enjoyed this conversation it was i would be i would like to go to this dinner 100 <laughs> percent, and even talk even though they talk about even Bre- even though Brennan calls the calls it the Christ myth. Mm-hmm. They all kind of go around and talk a little bit about it, like you said, about what their religious background is, in a in a very non judgmental way, very very matter of fact. Like yeah. I just do Christmas and Easter. Yeah, I surprisingly believe in God from Hodgins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Goodman too. Zach being like, I'm not really religious unless you ask my mom. Yeah. <laughs> And Goodman's religious too. He's like a deacon. Yeah. So we find out all these things about these characters in such a quick way, but in like, we just get a taste and it's actually, it's, it's nice. We learn a little bit about them. Yeah. But I'm also realizing something too in this scene and through the whole episode, it's a thread that goes through the whole thing is that it's Brennan is isolated. She's isolated very much from everybody. She's never in the groups, like, in, except at this dinner. It's her one-on-one with people or she's alone, working alone. Yeah. And now she's further isolated because of her lack of faith or her, you know, her non-belief, right? Yeah, so exactly. I'm, I'm, it's an interesting thread I just well, and, thought of. And she's isolated again. And even in the next scene where now they have all these visitors and everyone yeah, so has a visitor, but hazmat guy not. comes. Yeah. Hazmat boy comes and tells them it's visiting hours and you yeah. need to start this off. And we got to get through this because it is the most cheesy, treacly. I love guy. it. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I eat it up. So in the background of this scene, which is this is a little bit of a lar- a little bit a little bit of a long scene. What's the song? Have yourself a very have yourself a merry little Christmas. Okay, you, you talk, I'll sing. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so we have have yourself a merry little Christmas playing. We cut to Goodman, who has his daughters and his wife appear. He crouches down and waves at them. Hodgins comes. Some brunette woman in a blue jacket comes. We think it's his girlfriend. I'm not really sure. Booth is waiting for his son. Angela's father's a ZZ Top member, so that's cool. She shows, he shows Billy up. Gibbons, he's in ZZ Top. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's cool. And Brennan's just kind of watching on the side. Zach's huge family shows up. They all wave and he's laughing and he just loves it. Sid finally appears with Parker, which is amazing. Kind of weird that he's bringing that Sid brings him because it's okay. He's Sid. just a friend of the booth. It's no big deal. It's nice though. My thing is, I, I just never Hodgins thought of him as a friend. Out with some random girl, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Zach is, or Hodgins is literally kissing his girlfriend through the glass. Like there is lipstick on the glass. There's lipstick. all over the glass. I was like, I hope you clean that glass. Yes. Oh, yeah. Especially with COVID now. I'm like very particular about that stuff. I know. I immediately thought of you because I thought, oh, this is not a COVID clean no, glass. Not oh, COVID no. friendly. <laughs> but Zach's family's like telling stories. They're having such a good time. Booth is putting his hand up to the glass and so is uh, his son Parker and they're kind of bonding a little bit. Yeah, and then Hodgins is being all horny. Like he may as well just like pull his dick out and start humping. Oh yeah, it's much. Who is this girl? I don't know who this girl is, but I thought he was going to see a masseuse in Quebec. Exactly. (laughs) So who paid for Zach's family to all fly there and say- I know, I thought they're from Michigan. They jumped on a Greyhound. But this is Christmas. It's so busy. The airports are insane. Did the Jeffersonian do last minute flights for all these people? Did they get Air Force One to come and yes. take them all down? It was a private flight. <laughs> like a uh, some army uh, cargo plane. The president the was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it is very, it's just, well, that song, that song is playing. It's just a really heartwarming, beautiful scene. Right. They all end up like the end of the scene as they all are saying goodbye to their families. Yes. And they all have these beautiful moments that Brennan, like you Stop said. Stop crying, Brittany. God, geez, you're such a wuss. I know. I know. It's so sad. She's crying. <laughs> but yeah. Brennan is having like, is just standing there and watching these experiences that she can't experience because her brother is she has no one not there and her her parents are missing yeah so no one shows up for her so the next thing uh angela's in her at the angelator and she's done this graphic christmas tree thing that she's trying to create for people to put all their presents underneath it's a nice gesture it is and brennan even Brennan and, says it's beautiful. Right. So she and Brennan uh, take a moment to talk about Christmas and what it's like for Brennan. So we get the story from Brennan about her last Christmas with her parents and how they had disappeared. And her brother made an effort to sort of, he had found all the presents that they had already bought and tried to make this effort to sort of make Christmas still happen, regardless of the fact that the, her parents were gone. So when Brennan came down on Christmas morning, she thought her parents had come back because he'd made this massive effort, found out that they actually hadn't. And she freaked out and got really mad at him. And then she lost her brother because he left to go somewhere. I don't remember where. And she was immediately. He just went to work. He went to work and she was immediately put into the foster system. So I don't know. What I thought was interesting about this scene is. I thought it was interesting that Angela didn't know this, even though they're supposedly such close friends. That's number one. Free, I'm over here. I just want to know how I'm shaking because like got over this woman. I'm just shaking my head because like has she told her this before and she just didn't hear? I don't understand why she doesn't know. Number one, and you know what? She doesn't open up, so it's possible that she hasn't heard it. It's possible, but then Brendan doesn't know what Angela does at Christmas either, apparently. Yeah. So she has to tell her she spends, it's just her and her dad. I'm like, Jesus Murphy, that's this like famous ZZ Top member. Saddest <laughs> Christmas ever. 
Yeah. But the other, the second thing that I thought was interesting or that I loved, I, the second thing that I actually loved it about the scene yes. is that Booth steps in right at the beginning, mm-hmm. unknown, to Bre- unknown to Brennan. And he stands there and he kind of listens and kind of takes in this story. Yes. Totally, totally eavesdropping. <laughs> but lets her finish, doesn't interrupt. Let's her finish and then is just like, excuse me, by the way, we have Lionel's missing person's file. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it. And yeah. for some reason, Brennan, I guess at that point, Brennan goes to talk. Br- Brennan leaves because she's going to talk to Booth. So she gets up to leave and she maybe needed to tell that story about her family because now she's like, you know what? The tree is really beautiful, Ange. Mm-hmm. and then leaves it's kind of well, a nice moment it's not like exactly. screw christmas <laughs> she's been a scrooge she's been a total grinch the whole time so now she's realizing like okay i shouldn't be such a jerk like these exactly. people are missing out on christmas too and it's important to them so i should be more like it takes her so long to figure these things out like seriously yeah like, she's a little, have... little bit emotionally <laughs> yeah a little stunted yeah a little stunted <laughs> So then we find out about our friend Lionel, don't we? We do. We find out he was born in 1934 in May. Mm-hmm. He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He was 24 years old when he passed away. Yes. So all of the, all of these little things fit. Right. Except the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is that he wasn't reported missing until january of 1960 however i didn't hear that Good. so booth is saying according to the missing missing persons report lodged by his boss in january of 1960 he worked as a lease inspector for silver cloud Pe- uh, petroleum in oklahoma right. and goodman's like basically an accountant no not the same thing goodman but anyway <laughs> i digress but he's saying january of 1960 is when he was reported missing However, right. the day that he was supposed to pick up his dress shirt, his wedding dress shirt, was November 8th, 1958. Right. So it's been more than a year since he was reported. Or it took more than a year for him to be reported missing. Which we never get an answer in this episode as yeah. to why that is. That's an interesting detail. I didn't hear, I didn't catch that when I watched it today. So that's quite fascinating. Like, I guess he has no family or something, but that's what I was thinking that maybe he didn't have family. Yeah. That and his boss, I guess, wouldn't report him missing for a while unless. Yeah. I don't know. So small aside, but yes, (laughs) they figure out that Lionel had a very extensive um, coin collection. How did they find that out? They, found it out because they were able to trace it was part of the missing persons report that was attached to the file they were able to trace the sale to this oh. guy jill adkins yes um, the man who owned because, the house with the fallout shelter exactly so he he sold the coins later mm-hmm. in uh, around the same time so he ended up selling the coins for about eight thousand dollars right um and basically, apparently that's $64,000 today. Well, I guess right. not today, but 2003. Very yes. interesting. Inflation. Was it 64 so, or 164? I can't remember. 
Um, sixty-four thousand. Okay. Unless I mistyped it, but I think sixty-four. Regardless, <laughs> it was a lot of money. A so lot of money. I think the they figured the plan was Lionel was going to sell his coins to exactly. Yeah. He was going to take the money and go to Paris with his yep. love. But then Gil figured, ah, oh, let's just get rid of this guy altogether. I'll sell the coins myself and get all the money for it. Exactly. And take out the middleman. And so that's, they figure Gil killed Lionel for the coins. And uh, they figured out also that the last person to see Lionel was a woman named Ivy Gillespie, who was a cleaner at the company where they worked. Yes? Exactly. And the name Ivy looks a lot like a leaf. Well, right, an Ivy which, leaf. <laughs> which all which, the letters, yeah. Exactly. All, all the, exactly what you were saying. That all the letters were signed with that really nice leaf at the bottom. An Ivy leaf. So we yes. have now made the connection that we believe Ivy Gillespie, whose race, she was a black woman she was an as well, American, which yeah. happens to fit the, the profile of who they believed he was writing with, writing yeah. to the letters were from. Um, so we think, okay, this is the woman and Goodman saying, okay, that's nice. What are we going to accomplish if we try to find this woman? Angela's like, we need to find Ivy. We need to tell her. Listen, Goodman Booth and, and Brennan are all sitting on the catwalk with their legs hanging over the edge. Like they're kids. Like they're just chatting. Conversation about the story and what's happening. They deduce all these things. And then Angela just sort of walks in on the floor and looks up at them and says, you have to find her. So then Angela goes on then they start this conversation like goodman's like why would we do this we may be bringing up some horrible trauma for this person why would we want to make her relive this and she may not even be alive yes well there's that too and then yeah. An- angela equates angela equates finding this woman and telling her the truth of what happened with brennan finding the truth about her parents disappearance yeah which and I Brennan, think is ludicrous. It's but Brennan is on board with somehow. Well, initially Brennan reacted the way I would have. Like it's, she reacted appropriately. Like okay, Angela, slow your roll. Like what the hell are you doing? Telling everybody my business again with this. Yeah. And um, I really, I just want to say I hate it when Angela calls Brennan sweetie. It drives same, me. and she does it so much. She calls Brennan sweetie like three or four times in this episode, and I'm just like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Like, she drove me. This episode is not an Angela episode for me. Like, I'm sorry, but she she calls her sweetie four times. Oh my god! Oh my That's god! Ridiculous! It's so demeaning. It's it's so infantilizing, and yeah, for a woman like Brennan with the kind of education and qualifications and experience that she has to walk around going that's like somebody going hey calling your baby sweetie honey. exactly not uh, a fan it doesn't fly and i don't think it flew in 2003 either no but angela is angela she's gonna be a creep regardless so she anyway she somehow convinces brennan that it's the right thing to do is to look for this woman and then what does brennan do and brennan does exactly that she doesn't 
miss a beat. She doesn't wait one second. It's now Christmas Eve. And it, it is Christmas Eve, and she's calling around to try to get in contact with this woman, Ivy Gillespie. Yeah. So she's calling various places, giving uh, specific information. She gets she gets enough information that she's actually able to kind of follow a trail. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, while they're opening their gifts, Angela and um, Zach and the other guys, or no, they're working on their gifts, sorry, not opening. Yes. Well, they're working on their gifts. Um, she is actually able to find Ivy Gillespie, who yeah. is living in an assisted living facility near Bethesda. Yep. Uh, she spoke to her granddaughter about the fact that she has some important information for her. Um, and they're just waiting to see if she's going to get in touch with them. And... I thought it was kind of interesting because that during some of these conversations at the very beginning, she's not even acknowledging that it's Christmas, but by the very end, right. by her last phone call, which happens to be with the granddaughter. Yes. She finishes the conversation by saying, and tell her Merry Christmas. Right. So I think that Brennan is sort of feeling the Christmas spirit a little bit by the end of that. She's softening. She's softening yeah. for sure. So after she's found her, it's like she has her attitude changes. Like you said, like she has a little bit of the spirit in her. So she has a sort of peace about her because she feels like she accomplished something. She solved the murder. She found the woman. She's done everything she can. And now she can kind of like, it's very, she looks more peaceful. She seems more relaxed and she's in her office and they're, um, She's looking through some coins that were in Lionel's pocket and she's scanning them through her computer to identify them. And then she sees Booth. He kind of walks by her office and she tells him that, you know, she's sorry that he couldn't spend Christmas with his his son. Which again shows that she's softened because before she's like, oh, you have a son? Oh, you had a son out of wedlock? (laughs) Oh. Yeah. So the next scene, they go to the Angelator and she's set up this, Angela's done this, Christmas tree, digital Christmas tree animation. Have you ever heard of Jackie Lawson? No. Okay. Well, I urge everyone to go to JackieLawson.com. It is a woman who does these animated greeting cards online. So you can buy them and then send them to people like Christmas cards, birthday cards, whatever. My father used to send me these Jackie Lawson Christmas cards every year and it ha- you know, open the card and like slowly like characters will show up and like a dog and a Christmas tree and a pig or whatever. That's awesome. Anyway, so this tree reminded me of a Jackie Lawson Christmas card so much because of the way like the twinkles went around the tree. And I thought that was really it just reminded me of my my dad sending me those very cheesy Christmas cards. That's so sweet, though. That's so nice. It is sweet. All right. I do accept a level of, of sweetness at Christmas, you know, <laughs> fair. So That's now the one time of year, gifts. what happens? So they're all switching gifts and sorry, I was looking at the Jackie website. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is so nice. So basically they see this beautiful Christmas tree. They're all like, Oh my God, like this is amazing. Merry Christmas. And they start to open their gifts and we get all sorts of really, really interesting presents. Brennan is not there, unfortunately. Yeah. She didn't want to participate in the secret Santa. 
Guess not. But we start out by we get she pulls out a frame picture. Angela. Um which she who was she giving that to? No, Angela got a, a picture from Hodgins. It's a from Hodgins. Up, yeah, it's a blown up picture of bacteria. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I didn't write down what it was. I'm like, she pulls out a picture. <laughs> doesn't say who it was or anyway. Sorry about that. Yeah. Goodman okay. is next though. Yes. There we go. He opens his box and it's this intricate, intricately crafted bird that's made out of paper. I know. Um, which is quite impressive actually. It's from Booth and he made it like this origami bird. It was yeah. insane. I was like, did not what? expect him to have this talent. <laughs> Who the hell decided that was what he was going to do? I loved it though. Zach's next. He opens up, uh, he unrolls the sheet of paper. That is a drawing of his family with him in it um, from Angela. That kind of made sense that she would draw something. Of course. It's also a really bad drawing, but anyway. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, and that's supposed to be her job. I Remember know. that's her job. And they were right there in front of her. She wasn't working off a skeleton. Exactly. So Hodgins is next. He opens his gift and Goodman had given him an Arabera Sassar, which is some sort of sacred scarab. Mm-hmm. Um, did he carve cool. that? How did I he think carve so. It? And did he, ha- where did he find the time to carve this scarab? No idea. <laughs> or where. Like they all, all right. did this. This is not the biggest lab. I don't, I didn't think so, but somehow they were able to all put these gifts together without, without them seeing, which is kind of cool. But Booth gets the best gift of all. Yes. And Booth gets this robot that Zach calls this self-propelled non-automatic unit <laughs> that he thinks that Booth should give to his son. Yes. Which is really, really special. And Booth is ecstatic very thoughtful oh he's so grateful he's giving zach like this super enthusiastic handshake this is probably the first bonding moment we've ever had between zach and booth and booth exactly because booth doesn't typically like zach no he he threatened to kill them like two days ago so um but they're all so happy they're all looking at like at the end of the scene they're all just looking at their gifts fondly like they're all just well hey man those are very thoughtful gifts given they the are time they had to do it i was like wow like that's nice <laughs> it is nice it's so special it, yeah, and they sure. also they every gift was sort of it was catered to the person that was getting it which was pretty cool exactly i like it where do we go next we're back with brennan now because she's yeah. all by herself and booth wants to check in on her yeah, he goes back to her office. He says hi, and she's looking at this coin. She says, check out this coin, man. And it's this really special coin. There's all these details about the coin. We're not going to go into it, but it's made of a specific type of metal. There's only 12 of them left in the world, and it's worth over $100,000. This penny. It's like a Lincoln penny or something. And it's very, very rare. And then while he, she's telling Booth about this discovery, Goodman comes back to tell Booth and Brennan that their, uh, our friend Hal with the hazmat suit has arrived with a special machine to tell them uh, whether they're free and clear to go home, like that they don't have the fungus in their bodies anymore. Results time. Results. Do they so pass? Hal, 
Sorry. Do they pass the test? Oh yeah. So the hazmat suit boy, I call him hazmat boy. <laughs> they're both, they're all wearing hazmat, hazmat boy, AKA Hal. Hal. They have this like <laughs> hilarious TV screen and they're like watching it. Like it's uh, what's that uh, video game pong. It looks like pong. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of that video game, but it's a very yes. old game from the seventies and eighties. Yeah. And finally, the light turns green and Booth's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is green good or green means I have to get a needle in the back of my neck? And so the hazmat guy takes off his hazmat suit and says, you're free to go. They're all like, yay! Merry Christmas! Exactly. So they're all running off. Yeah. And like the whole group is left. They don't even look back. They're all running off. Exactly. Except for Booth. Booth hesitates for a minute, turns back to where Brennan and... Brennan's like, no, no, like, don't worry about me. Go have a good Christmas. Wish yeah. your boy Merry Christmas for me. Yeah. Even though he doesn't know who I am. Because exactly. I didn't know who he was. But that's fine. Sweet. And Booth is is like, you know what? If you decide you need company, you can find me at Wong Fu's. I'll be hanging with Sid. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'll be. I love you so much. Oh, no, I don't <laughs> think he said that. I must be reading between the lines. So funny. <laughs> Well, she kind of she nods she she goes okay like that was really sweet of you to kind of offer of course it is but Booth he, is a class act man we've already he is he's a very empathetic compassionate person and he's not gonna like of course you know anytime you see anybody alone especially at christmas you have to like, yeah. reach out and offer you know what i mean even if you don't even like them that much you know 100 brotherly love you know on some level so this after, scene is so great. What happens though? Well, this is great because Booth leaves, everybody's gone, and then these two women show up out of the blue. They walk into the lab, and it's basically this older woman and a young woman, and they introduce themselves. And the older woman is Ivy Gillespie. And the woman with her is her granddaughter who spoke to Brennan on the phone. So they're very excited to hear you know, what's, what's going on, what's happening. So we are introduced to Ivy and she gives us a bit of, she gives us a little of a, she fills in the blanks on the history after Lionel died. And uh, first of all, I want to say that this woman is in an assisted living home. Yeah. I don't know why she seems very capable. She's not in a state where you think that most people would be if they're in assisted living, but Hey, to, you know, whatever, some things you don't always see, you don't always see the limitations of some people, I suppose, but regardless, we learned that she had the baby. She went through with the pregnancy and raised her as a single mother all alone in Oklahoma, right? She stayed in Oklahoma. Yeah. And she was, uh, uh, mixed race child so that was very difficult for everyone involved yeah. um yeah this is i know this was an emotional scene yeah and it was quite incredible and i but i i can't i either wrote down the date wrong but i don't think i did or this doesn't this timeline doesn't make sense what do you mean so she gave birth to a halfway child a yes. halfway daughter in oklahoma in 1960 okay he didn't pick up his suit, his shirt, on November 7th was when he went there last. He was supposed to go the next day. So November 8th, 1958, he didn't go to pick up his suit. Okay. 
The gestation for a baby is nine months. Oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Um but yes. So and then Brennan says that he was murdered in 1959 by Jill Adkins. But maybe I just wrote down the date wrong. I'm trying to think here. You're absolutely right, Brittany. This is where we get bogged down because if he was murdered in 59, it is possible she had the kid in 60. No problem. Yeah. My issue is that Gil Atkins apparently sealed up the fallout shelter in 58. Yes. So that's where we're messing up with the timeline. I think so. I'm curious. Maybe I have to think about it some more, but maybe it'll come to me. I don't know. But regardless, she had this kid, raised her all alone. And she she's just absolutely flabbergasted that he kept the letters, that he had all this stuff. He had tickets to Paris, all these plans to do when she thought he was a deadbeat and abandoned her all this yeah. time. It's I feel like this is the kind of moment it really was kind of special yes. that they were able to give her some closure because she had this horrible opinion of him and she's realizing wait he was going to marry me he was going to take me to Paris like he said he actually had the tickets yes I thought the worst of him but that's for all these years I've hated him and this is the person that and he was the person that I actually thought he was originally yes which is I guess would be a relief wouldn't it 100% because then you'd be like oh that's good that means I didn't make the wrong choice or I didn't exactly like that kind of thing but also she said that she raised her child by herself and she went to school and became a nurse and then she expects that her granddaughter is going to be a doctor and the doc the granddaughter says oh we can't afford that medical school is too expensive but yes you can then yeah Brennan presents (laughs) her with this coin and she shows she said guess look I got something for you she goes oh it's a penny said well that's a very very special penny you know what I mean like what an amazing gift that's a great gift and at the perfect time so that her this is in December so she's gonna go to medical school it's got to be in the next nine months or so probably probably they could probably find a put it on the auction block and get a good uh pretty penny for that penny ha pun intended (laughs) <laughs> so she has this incredible experience and brennan actually does go to wong Fu's. oh my favorite which, chinese restaurant my fave <laughs> we have and to Sin find is there. one like that we have to find a chinese restaurant we like that somewhere. there has to be one somewhere like that i don't know about ordering about not ordering and having someone tell oh, me what i'm gonna eat though it's not all gonna be like that i'm just saying in real life there has to be a Chinese restaurant that exists like this. I love it. So, yeah, she shows so. up to Wong Fu's. Sid's having the time of his life. He's wearing a Santa hat. They're all drinking, partying, having a good time. Drinking, what, eggnog at a Chinese restaurant? <laughs> kind of random, but I love it. <laughs> Booth is waiting for his son, who yes. happens to show up right at the right time. So just shortly after Brennan gets there and after Brennan is able to kind of touch base with Booth and let let him know about what happened with Ivy. Right. Um, He's very so sentimental. So we finally get to meet Parker. It's so yes. great. 
Well, Booth is very sentimental about all this. And he says, like, he understands why, like, Ivy Gillespie wouldn't really care about the money or anything. Like, she's probably just happy to know the truth of what happened. And yeah, exactly. Brennan gets to meet Parker. Which I love. Yes, you do. (laughs) I know. I know. So great. So So (laughs) we get this. um, We see Booth give his son this robot. Yes. And his son is so excited that it can do all these tricks and stuff. And Booth tells Parker to whispers to him to tell Brennan Merry Christmas. Yes. And then he picks him up and Parker's waving as he like walks out of this restaurant with him. Exactly. It's so sweet. It's very sweet. He's a cute little kid for sure. Cute kid that I hope we see more of. Right. And then Brendan's looking very wistfully and waves goodbye. And the next scene we have her back at the lab all by herself. She turns the lights on. And then we have another sad Christmas song. Which one is it? Same one? It's it is the same one, I think. It's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas again. Okay, now you talk about it, I'll sing. So she gets her own Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas moment. She pulls out a green box behind her desk. Um and she goes back to Angela's office, the Angelatron or the Angelator. She opens up this this box and it's the gifts that her brother had wrapped or that her parents had left, but her brother had left under the tree, um, wishing her Merry Christmas. And she starts to open them finally after all these years and kind of smiles teary eyed as she looks inside. We never get to see what's inside the box, first of all. We don't. It just fades to black, but it's such a touching moment. It is touching, but I was like, wow, okay. They had Christmas cards that looked like that back in whatever time, probably the 80s, right? Or 70s or 80s, probably, when she was 15. Yeah. And I was confused about where these Christmas presents came from or where, like, I was like, were they just sitting there, like? I don't understand how they got under the tree. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. There's some cut scenes here. So I think that she probably carried them over so she could have her own experience. Okay. Sets her own Christmas tree experience up and then opens them. I believe you. I just thought it was a bit odd. It kind of rammed in there. And I just thought, okay, well we're having this moment where Brennan's like dealing with her feelings surrounding this I, stuff. I think it would have been just as special if she had just opened them at her desk in her office. Exactly. But I and think that if, it kind of tied it into because they opened their gifts around the Angelator while this song was playing. So I think they were kind of trying to give her her own secret her Santa own experience. Yeah. Yeah. Her own moment for sure. So sort of to tie it in. There's what did you think of, of this episode? episode? What did you think? Let's talk. Um, it was good. I mean, Booth comes out so great in this episode. Goodman is amazing. Zach is Zach. Angela's an idiot. Um, <laughs> Hodgins. Angela's herself. Hodgins was like, back and forth with me I was like he was funny and then he was like creepy and perverted so whatever yeah 
I guess that's kind that's of the fair. two sides of Hodgins, like funny and creepy. Yeah. And I like, again, it's another opportunity similar, I guess, to the last episode where we get to know Brennan a little bit more. Like it's, it's about peeling back more layers of her personality and understanding more of her intentions and motivations. Yeah. Um, very light, no stakes, no consequences, easy, easy, very breezy episode. Um, it was, yeah, it was easy to watch and easy to love. Like, a very heartwarming episode. You are so funny. Are you one of the, are you a Christmas person? I love Christmas. <laughs> I, Can you tell? Yes. I, let me think. Do I love Christmas? My Christmases were also ruined uh, very young. Like I, my Christmases were terrible growing up. So oh. I never really had, I had to sort of figure out as I got older, my own kind of traditions and my own things that I wanted to do to celebrate so that I could also have a good time. Yeah. I, I realized the main thing is for me, I have to decorate the way I want to decorate. Like I, I can't wait for other people to do it for me. I have to create the Christmas spirit myself. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I do that. I do little things that I enjoyed about my childhood Christmases, right? Like I do, I use popcorn and cranberries on my tree. I make, oh, that's awesome. I always do a handmade decoration, usually paper, some kind of like snowflake thing. One year I did snowflakes and like ballerinas and I, I hang them all through on my ceiling and they look really pretty. And yeah, I just do my own Christmassy thing. You know what I mean? Cause I, yeah, I love that. I've been, and then I also, because my father, I inherited, well, I didn't inherit, but anyway, my father gave me some Christmas decorations from when I was growing up from the seventies that my parents made, they were handmade wooden decorations. And I was so happy. Like I love hanging them on my tree. So I have little things and I love cooking so much. Like Christmas cooking is yeah, by far like I, for the Delenses, especially for Greg's family, I make a uh, mushroom strudel, which is something that his uncle used to make. Uncle Mike. I don't know if you ever met Uncle Mike. He died a number a few years ago. Oh, yeah, but, I'm not uh, sure that I had met him. Yeah. So he's one of Greg's dad's brothers. He was the first to pass away, actually, out of the nine of them. And uh, he used to make mushroom strudel. So I started making it. And Brian Potochnik and Rebecca yawn I guess they okay. absolutely go insane for this mushroom strudel so I when somebody says oh it's so delicious I will make it for you every single time like if I love mushroom strudel if you <laughs> <laughs> well I make it all by hand I use it's ricotta cheese and mushrooms and it's like absolutely my mouth's watering thinking about it actually so yeah traditionally what I like to make and then I started making uh, the Slovenian potitsa I started making that too have you had pizza yet? Pizza, I love pizza. Yes. Oh, Big good fan. to know. Oh, that's good to know. I love. My I dad love... loves pizza, so oh, Mark's really? dad will often. I, I know Tonchka makes it. Yes. Um, quite a few Slovenians make it. Yes. So, and somehow Zvona, I think I think Josie makes it too, but somehow Zvona always saves a little bit, so I can give some to my dad as well. So, it's very sweet. I'll just say. Greg's grandmother. It's Greg's father's mother. She, okay. I know you, you want to eat your sushi, but I'll just say this. No, no. 
Greg's father's mother, his uh, Sara Mama, she is most famous in the Slovenian community for making putitsa. She made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of putitsas and sold them like to everybody in the Slovenian community. So she has a very famous putitsa. Everybody loves. Okay. I, I know. So then I, I don't know how I did it, Rudy, but I, Greg's aunt, her daughter, like the grandmother's daughter, gave me a recipe that she kind of figured was like her mother's because her mother didn't write anything down. So she just, so I made it just the other day, actually, because my, my friend's father or my friend's mother passed away. Yeah. And they're uh, of the Jewish faith and they were sitting Shiva and you always have to bring food. You cannot show up empty handed to a Shiva. So Yeah. Uh, because when you sit Shiva, they're not allowed to like make food for themselves. Like they have to be taken care of by the community. So I brought a pizza that I decided to make at the very last minute. And uh, it was so good. Oh my God. I'm telling you the recipe is amazing. I believe it. It's amazing. Anyway, I was very proud of my, my pizza regardless. Uh, I'm going to try to show you a picture of it now. Please do. I don't know if you can see this. Whoa, that looks awesome. You got it's, a good like filling ratio, filling to dough yeah, ratio. It's Ooh, really pretty. That looks good. It's really pretty too. Oh, it is pretty. Like, it, was it, lo- it just looks good. And I like the bread. Like uh, this particular bread is different. Like every Slovenian household, it's all different. Everybody makes it differently. Yeah, that's and true. Greg, Greg's mother's is not the same as Greg's grandmother's. Okay. So, and I like this one because it's uh, the I like the bread texture better than uh, a lot of other ones. You know, it's got a really soft, yeah. soft moist bread texture. Yeah, some of them can be a bit dry. Oh boy, can they ever! <laughs> they can be a little dry, but if you put, you can put like honey and butter on them as well. Honey, you have to toast that shit. You gotta toast. Oh yeah, it. put some one hundred percent cup of coffee. You're all set. Exactly. That's our petite talk for the day. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, not. Why are you sorry? I love petite. So good. (laughs) I love Mishka though. That's my favorite dessert. What's Mishka? That's my favorite Slovenian dessert. What's Mishka? They're like, they're like the, they're like little balls. Uh, They're like little donuts. Mishka. They're, they're so greasy. They're definitely not good for you, but they, it's almost like an apple fritter. Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. They're very good. I make Big the, fan. I make the crofe, which are the donuts. Oh yeah. Custard. I make those. Um, strudel, obviously. Potitsa. Yeah. Uh, kremschnita. I always make kremschnita. This is very impressive. I did not know about. The, I didn't know this about you. Oh, and you're a I'm good baker, but the, yeah, give me Slovenian desserts for sure. I I made a potratna potitsa one year or this year actually. What is that? It's like cake wrapped in potitsa. It's really interesting. Very okay. traditional thing they serve at Easter. Layer of vanilla cake, chocolate cake, vanilla, chocolate, and they wrap it in pizza dough. But in between, there's the walnut filling. And then there's another filling that's made of cheese, like a cream cheese kind of um, cheesecake filling. It's really quite fascinating. Time consuming. It sounds well. amazing. But I was very happy. My, my putratna pizza was perfect i was like give yeah. it there's so much of it though you it feeds an army you have to like give it away mm. 
Anyway, <laughs> I love the challenge of learning these uh, desserts because they're all very technical and time. They are. They're challenging. Especially, th- there's a huge prep pr- process for a lot of them. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not easy peasy lemon squeezy, that's for sure. I don't know. Each element is not hard. It's the timing and combination. Anyway, it's just very, but I, I love the challenge I do. And I love making yeah. them. I, I want to, I would love to be able to sell that pizza to the, I think they, people would really love it. For sure. Anyway, regardless, did you, nice you too. like the episode? Everything's good. I love the episode. It was a Christmas episode. So yes, it's our first one. Here we are. I love Christmas. <laughs> So I want to say thank you to our listeners. Thank you for joining me, Kelly and Brittany on this journey through our first Christmas episode of Bones. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins!